Wow, I hope that worship was really meaningful to you. We're about to jump into the next message in our series, Worst Year Ever. I hope you're ready to dive in with me right now. I believe in God's got something for you, no matter what life looks like, no matter where you're at. And by the way, if you're part of our online location, I just wanted to make you aware we have an online virtual life group. Life groups are an important part of how we do church. It's a way to get connected and get cared for and get known. And you can join our virtual life group for, from wherever it goes off at 6 p.m. Just hit us up on social media or be checking your emails through that great connect button or your text messages to find out when the next one is. Oh man, I, I know you're going to love it if you jump on there. Would you pray with me before we get started? And we're going to jump right into this next message. Dear God, we need you. We need you to show up. We need you to speak to us. And it feels like we're so far apart sometimes. All this space and time separates us, but we know that you are timeless and space can't hold you. And so we ask that you do right now something in all of our hearts through these screens. Just Touch us and help us to see more of you. That's what we need. We don't need more of me. We don't need more of us. We just need more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in our next message in this series called Worst Year Ever, Learning How to Find Hope in Anything. Worst Year Ever. And we so far talked about the most important thing. You have to go on to gracefreechurch.net and slash talks and hit up the rest of the series if you miss some. Because we've been building towards something. We've been building towards finding hope in anything. And these are awesome passages as standalone messages. But man, like when you put it all together, I think there's something really special about this series. It's really been impacting me and it's been super timely. And uh, we talked about how Jesus is. We can have hope in anything because of who Jesus is. And sometimes it takes, in week two, we talked about cleaning up the mess in our life and getting rid of those things that keep us from experiencing hope just because we've caused all of these distractions in our hearts. And last week we talked about the secret to finding contentment, to separating your situation from your satisfaction, all really important stuff. And the title of today's message is, It's Just a Season. That's important to know, not just because of the title, but when you're looking out at life right now, no matter what your life looks like, that's really important to know. It's just a season. If you got a pen or a piece of paper, maybe this time just write it down in the column of your Bible. It's just a season. Go ahead and tattoo it on your arm. It's just a season. Maybe write it on your neighbor in Sharpie. It's just a season. Don't do those couple of things. Don't do those and don't email me if you did them, right? Like, it's just a season. It's just a season. Whatever you're going through, that's what we got to get right now. It's just a season and you can live well in that season, whatever that season is. And we're going to look at this absolutely incredible passage. I just want to start with this. I don't want to mess around. Like I just want to start with this right now. So grab your Bibles or open your devices to 1 Peter chapter 5. The end of another letter, this time written by Peter. Last week we hit up the one, one of them written by Paul. Written by Peter. 
These words are so powerful. You ready? Just a couple verses here. Hang with me and then we'll talk about it's just a season. Verse 6 in chapter 5 of 1 Peter, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. We're starting, on, we're starting here for a reason, right? Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. And, verse 10, man, this is the one where I got this one circled a bunch of times. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. It's just a season. Just a season. It's never fun to talk about suffering and pain. And no doubt you listen to those words, and that theme comes through loud and clear in what Peter is writing to his friends and the people he loves and the church abroad as he writes this letter. His point can't be avoided, and it's never fun to talk about suffering, but it's just a season. It's just a season. My season has been really difficult. The, the way life has been this last couple of weeks even, my 2021 has been way worse than my 2020. I don't like 2020. When we designed this series and I was coming up with that title, Worst Year Ever, I was not thinking about 2021. I was thinking, oh, sweet. Like, how cute of me, right? Like, oh, well, the worst year ever is behind us. Let's start this series and we can reflect back on the worst year ever last year and see what it was that we could learn and how we can be prepared for, you know, like years down the road. Hopefully never. If we have another year like that one, we'll learn from what was the worst year ever. But I'm finding out real fast that, man, my January, <laughs> it can compete. With the whole year of 2020, I don't know if any of you watching this can say amen in your hearts. That just means, yeah, me too. I don't know if any of you can say that, but I'm looking out at my 2020, and it went from crashing and burning the end of 2020 into 2021, and it's just, I've not been able to get off the mat it seems like it's trouble after trouble another day, right? Like, if you're, I don't know when you're watching this. Maybe you're watching this down the road a little bit. But where we are right now, where I live, we just had this massive blizzard. It lasted a couple days. Man, my pipes busted before that. I needed a new well. Like, it's just a complete disaster going on at the house. This snowstorm could not have come at the worst time. It complicated everything. And 
we, my, my wonderful wife, she's usually up before me because she just has her stuff together. Like, I don't, and it takes me a little bit of time. And thank God for her and her graciousness to me. I roll down to the living room a little late, and she's watching the news, right? Loves to catch the news. Joe Snedeker is a local newsman that everybody around here on this half of Pennsylvania and probably some of the yinsers out on the west side of this state, everybody loves Joe Snedeker. I'm not a morning person. So I, I could like, man, Joe, I love you. God loves you. But like, it's a little, it's a little much, right? Like it's a little much for me in the morning. But there he is. And he pops onto the TV and he just gives this really quick, you know, not the full forecast, just a little quick. I'm looking outside at like two foot of snow, and the dude pops on and just looks so lovingly at the camera, like he was staring through the lens into my soul. Thank you, Joe. And he just said, this too shall pass. <laughs> this too shall pass. It was like, man, I'm on my last straw. You know, I'm hanging by the thread on the end of the rope, and there Joe Schnedeker, the weatherman from central Pennsylvania, telling me, this too shall pass. I laughed a little bit, and I was like, what? Like, it's just so smooth, man, how you slid that in there. So smooth. And I thought to myself, really? You have no idea what my life's like. This too shall pass? I thought, really? Who, what are you talking about? Are you talking about the weather? Because the weather is just the tip of the iceberg for me in this worst year ever. You're talking about the, the frustration of that? Like, I, I want to, really? You don't get it, man. Like, if you could see the whole picture of my life right now, that, that, that bumper sticker statement, this too shall pass, man, it's, it seems like a far-off dream, like it's not going to happen. Like it's just something nice you'd say to somebody so that they go, oh, you know, I, I don't really want to talk about what's going on in your life right now, so this too shall pass. But yet, man, I needed to hear it. Whoever thought I'd be preached at by a weatherman? <laughs> Whoever thought Joe Schnedeker would be preaching at me through the, I, I'm sure he's a great guy. I just never thought I'd be getting preached at by my weatherman in a two-minute clip. I, I know how it feels if you show up to an in-person service at 8 a.m. and you're like, man, this Josh is a little too much right now. I know how that feels. But the reality was I needed to see and be reminded it's just a season. You see, that's what a season of life is. It's just a period of time in your life, I said, what's your season like? And somebody's like, oh, I'm on season two, right? Like, you know, it's a season, when I'm talking about a season, it's a period of time in your life that takes on a general theme. It's a, it's a period of time, some, sometimes it's easy to define, right? If you're dealing with a actual sickness, it's easy to define that season of your life. It, it's, it's, sometimes it's short, and sometimes it seems like it can go on for a really long time, right? Like people in the Bible 
wandering the wilderness for 40 years. That's a long season. Sometimes it's not so long. Sometimes it's a couple days. Sometimes it's short. Sometimes it's long. But it's always, sometimes it's easy to see. Sometimes it's hard to see. But it's always a period of life that it feels like it's just defined by a general theme, a season. What season are you in right now? You can have a season of frustration. (laughs) Some of you married folks are like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can. You can, have, you can have a season where it just seems like life is frustrating. And it's just a, with every new week comes a new frustration. You, you start to get frustrated at more and more people in your life. You can have a season of frustration. You can have a season of loneliness. You just feel like nobody understands you and what you're going through. and you could, have, you could be in a season of confusion where you don't know what God's doing or what's going to happen next or what you're supposed to do about any of it. You could have a season of confusion where it seems like nothing in your life is really clear. You could have a season of blessing. Those are the good seasons. Every season has a burden, but those are the good ones. Like You could have a season of blessing where it just... Man, the theme of your life is God's just doing stuff. It's clear you didn't do this yourself. It's clear you didn't earn it. It's it's just favor. He's blessing you with his favor. You can have a season of blessing. You can have a season that can pertain to absolute everything. A season of defeat. A season where you feel attacked. A season where it seems like it's just rejection after rejection after rejection. You can have a season of feeling really loved and cared for. You can have a season about anything. It's any period of time. What's your season? What season has life given you? There's a season for everything. In Ecclesiastes 3, chapter in verse, chapter 3 and verse 8 uh, in the Old Testament, it says this. It says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A season, there is a season for everything. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. That sounds like 2020, right? Like, no more hugging. A time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear And a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. There's a season for everything, but it's just a season. See, don't let A become the. Don't let a season of your life, whatever that season is, define your whole life. Don't let a season become the season of your life. Don't let it define who you are. It's not you. You're not your season. Your season isn't forever. It's so important to remember that whatever you're going through in life right now, it's just a season. It will pass and God will do something different in your life. And I don't have all the answers about why you're walking through the season that you're walking through 
through. I don't, I don't know what, what's going on in the season of your life. I'd love to listen as you told me about it, but I know whatever season you're in, it doesn't define your life. It doesn't define you. It's just a season. Yo, it's so important to know that. When you're walking through something that feels like it's never going to change. It's so important to know in a worst year ever that it's just a year. It's not going to be like this forever even if it feels like it's going to be like this forever. It's just a season. But you've probably seen, maybe you even have done this whole deal where you make a season, the season of your life. You stop treating it. You see, it's so easy for the season we're in, in the moment, to become the lens through which we see all of life. You've seen it done. You know people who have done it. Maybe you've even done it yourself. You've gone through a season of rejection. And all of a sudden... You start thinking that you're always going to be rejected. That anytime anybody really gets to know you, they're going to turn away from you. They'll find a reason to reject you eventually because you took a season of rejection and you let it define your life. Just because you were rejected once this year in the worst year ever does not mean that you always will be rejected. Did. You've seen people who are walking through a season of loneliness and they think they're never going to find a companion. They're always going to be lonely. Don't make a season the season of your life. It's just a season. Just because you're lonely now doesn't mean you're always going to be lonely. It doesn't mean that. Just because you don't have somebody now, it doesn't mean you're never going to find somebody to fill that space in your life. Just because it's a season of defeat for you doesn't mean you're always going to be defeated and you're no, never going to experience a victory. Just because it feels like you're getting shelled by life doesn't mean you're always going to be getting shelled by life. I know it feels like it's just a never-ending supply of bad news and uncomfortable challenges that you have to face, but it's just a season. Say it again for those who can't hear it in the back. You're dealing with some tough stuff. You're wrestling with some depression. You feel isolated and alone. You're walking through a sickness. No matter what you're dealing with in life, it's just a season. That's why there's so many reminders in Scripture. Galatians 6, 9. Don't give up doing good. At the proper time, you'll reap the harvest, right? Like in Isaiah, God says, can't you see it? Like, can't you? You can't see it. You need to see it. I'm doing something new. Don't let your season become the season. If you can see it, you can see the season you're in, then you can start to see past it. You can start to see past it. 
In 1 Peter, in chapter 5, Peter's writing this absolutely incredible letter. It's going out to Jewish Christians, Gentile Christians. Many people think he's writing this from Rome. It's under the big shadow of Nero, who is amping up. Rome's amping up some persecution of Christians. It's not good. It's getting really bad. They're looking at some persecution. No, not like the persecution you think because something doesn't go your way here in this country that we love. No, like real crazy persecution. And they're looking at the potential of like, Really bad stuff coming under the end of Nero's reign here. And things are just really difficult. Peter writes this letter to people under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That just means that God was, was writing. It was God's word and Peter's pen. And uh, Peter's writing this to these Christians, this diverse group of Christians, much like you, people all over the place, people in all kinds of seasons. Some of y'all had an amazing season. I don't know if you got out of GameStop at the right time, but maybe your season is one of incredibleness. Maybe it's one that's not so good. Like, I don't know what your season's like. He's writing this to a very diverse group of people under all kinds of seasons, and he writes this book to them in the shadow of great persecution and this book has a main kind of like point to the whole thing. It ends so strongly. But this, the point Paul's trying to make through this whole book is he's trying to show people how to bear up under the burden of persecution and still live well. He's trying to show them how to walk through what has the potential to be the worst year ever, and still live well. Now, when I hear that theme, I'm all ears because I know life has got its share of challenges. Just this week, I thought, how am I going to do it? I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I don't see the end of this week coming. It sure feels like this isn't a season that this frustration is never going to end, that it's never going to get any easier. Just this week, I was like, I need to know how to live well in this season. <laughs> I'm so tired of getting blasted by what I got to preach the next week, but I need it. I'm all ears. Like Maybe you should be all ears. How can you live well in the season you're in? How can you live well if you're in a season of blessing or if you're in a season of drought? How can you live well if you're in a season of loneliness or if you're in a season of great companionship? How can you live well if you have a lot or a little? How can you live well no matter what the burden is of your season? And every season has a burden. I know when you're going through a tough season, you want to trade that burden for the burden of a season of blessing, but every season has a burden. It's all got its share of spiritual challenges, and it may feel easier in a moment, but it's still got an important burden, and if we don't learn how to live well with the burden of our season, we're going to end up failing and crashing and burning. No matter if your season is full or empty. I want to learn from Peter, man, and from God and what he's showing these people he loves about how to live well underneath whatever burden they have to bear up under in the season that they're in. And it makes a special connection with me when we're talking about what last year looked like 
what this year has looked like for so many of us. It connects with me especially well because, man, I feel like things aren't going so well for a whole lot of people. So it's encouraging to know that some people walk through stuff like this and, and, and to know how they walked through it. It's just a season. And here in this passage, he gives us four things. I'm going to give you four things at the end of this passage. This book is full. You should read First Peter sometime. It's full of tons of stuff. But right here at the end of the book, he lays out to, 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 to his church some absolutely incredible things. It's like four how to make it. Four things on how to make it, and then two absolutely mind-blowing crescendos at the end, two things you have to remember to live well in the season you're in. Four things to do and two things to remember. So I hope you got your pens ready. This is a little bit different. We're just going to walk through these one at a time. And the first thing is to stay humble. It's pretty trendy right now, right? Like humble and hustle, everybody, humble and hustle. You see it blasted around social media. It's, it's on T-shirts. I'm, I'm hungry and I'm humble, you know. I'm hungry, but I'm humble, you know. Hustle, hungry, and humble. Like how many H-words can we find to put on a sticker? It's, humble is so absolutely important. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Verse 6. Maybe this one is one that you need to focus on right now. Humility, it knows our proper position in life. It's not about beating yourself down. It's not about some sort of self-punishment. It's not about looking at yourself and saying, man, I'm no good. That's not what humility is. Humility has a right view of yourself. And for those of you with faith, man, you have the best advantage ever because your identity is defined not by what everybody else says about you. You don't have to play the pride game to get ahead. You don't have to be somebody by earning clout at the expense of others. You don't have to be defined by what you do. Pride is a challenge you will always face but listen to me our humility puts us in the proper standing in life and our faith says our identity is secure because of what God says about us and what he's done for us so I can be humble I'm not gonna beat myself down I'm not going to grovel at the feet of other people. I'm not going to get trampled on by everybody else. I'm just going to live humbly. I know where I stand in life. God is my God. I'm not the God of my life. I got to keep taking my pride out of it. But I also know that he's made me strong, that he is making me like Christ, that he is building me up, that I am worth something, that I'm valuable, that the cross proves it. And so I can be humble and confident. Humility is so important when you're talking about seasons of your life. Because it's easy to get proud when you're in a season of blessing. Thinking somehow that that's you. It defines you. But it doesn't. And humility reminds us that every blessing I have is a blessing from God and not from me. 
Humility is important. It pulls you up if you think you're beat down and no good and deserve all of this terrible stuff that's happening to you in a rough season. Humility pulls you up from the bottom. And it says, no, right humility says you are worth so much to God and he is going to work no matter what your circumstances are to bring good out of the bad you're going through. He'll work in it. He'll work through it. Humility is right standing. And so whatever your season right now, number one, how to make it through it is just stay humble. It wasn't you when everything was going great. And it wasn't you when everything was falling apart. God's doing something bigger in your life. Just stay focused on the right stance. And he'll lift you up. When it's time. I don't, when I elevate myself, it always comes at the expense of others and it always ends up crashing down around me. But when God elevates me, when he picks my position, when he calls me to stand where he wants me to stand, no matter what Battle arrows come flying at me. Nothing's going to knock me down because, man, God has placed me here and he has elevated me to this space. Stop elevating yourself and let God have the wheel of your life. Let him elevate you. And your enemies aren't going to be able to tear you down. The words they say, they may sting, but they're not going to cause you to crumble down because God has placed you here. Stay humble. Number two. And we'll get into it. I'm going to have to hurry up. Number two here is keep casting. Anxiety comes in waves. You know this, man. It comes in waves. Some, some more deal with it more than others, but it comes in waves where we feel overwhelmed. Anxiety kind of stirs up in us, and it has a physical response to it. It wells up in our hearts, and it can have a physical effect. It's such powerful stuff. And sometimes when you're in a season that anxiety comes in waves, it can come in waves and just, man, like one wave after another of worry. I'm not going to make it. This is going to be like this forever. It's never going to end. Just wave after waves. Even when you're at the top in a good season, it can come at you in waves. What if something goes wrong? What if the streak ends? What if it goes badly? I, it's going too good, right? Like, it's, things are going great. When's the next shoe going to drop? Like, what's waiting for me around the corner? I'm waiting for the bottom to fall out. No matter where you are in life, anxiety can come at you in waves, which is why I love how Peter says, cast all your anxiety. It's keep casting. Keep casting all of your anxiety. It's not past tense, present, future. Like cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It's like a repetitive action that we should take no matter what season. When anxiety comes, cast it off. Not like casting, you sit on the dock with a bobber drowning worms, right? Like you're laying in your lawn chair with your frothy beverage sitting there getting a sunburn on your face and your lower forearms and uh, you're just sitting there like wasting life away. I'm not talking like the cast every half an hour. Fly fishing is how you're supposed to cast, and that's a constant casting, casting, casting till you land at the right spot. Keep casting off 
anxiety. When you feel the wave, cast it off because God cares for you. Just keep that reminder forefront. Hey, I know I feel this tension, but God loves me. He's not going to let me drown. I'm going to cast it off. I know I feel like the ship's sinking, but it's not going down. I'm going to cast it off. I feel like I'm walking through fire right now, but I'm not going to get burned. I'm just going to cast it off because God cares for me. Cast. Keep casting your anxiety. Number three, pay attention. This is not a game. I tell everybody here who's in a leadership position or one of staff member, I, I tell them all when we get together and we talk about ministry early on and we lay it out, what it's going to look like. I say, man, you put on a bull's, there's a bullseye on your jersey. There's a bullseye on your jersey. This isn't a game. We're not playing life, right? Like how many cats do you want in the car? How many like, it's, it's not how, it's not the game of life. It's not Monopoly. It's not, this is not, we're not playing. Like this is a battle you're in for your soul and for the souls of others. And this passage says the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Ephesians 6, 12, it says, just to get it clear, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, against the power of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You have an enemy. He doesn't want to see you flourish in full. He doesn't want you to experience the abundance of heart God has for you. He wants your relationships to end in destruction. He wants you to end in defeat. But God already beat him and victory can be yours through faith. You just have to live in it. And Peter says, eyes open. You need to be alert. Get your head straight. Your enemy is trying to destroy your marriage. Your enemy is trying to destroy your friendships. Your enemy is trying to get you to act passively, aggressively to people so he can create relational tension. Your enemy is trying to get you to cheat at work. Your enemy is trying to get you to cut a corner and lose some integrity. Your enemy is, is roaming around like a roaring lion, and the key is to just pay attention. Get your head straight. When you pay attention, your eyes adjust. Kind of like when you go from a bright room to a dark room and you close your eyes and you give it a second you open your eyes up and you can see a little bit better your eyes have to adjust to see what this fight really is so you can fight it right your fight isn't with the people around you that you've been taking your frustration out on in this season your your fight isn't the people you're pointing at who you think helped create this season of life for you that's not it. Your fight is with an enemy. So just be alert. and Stand firm. And that's the last one. Resist. Resist the enemy who wants to destroy you in this season you are in. It's the idea here of actively standing versus passively collapsing. Stand firm. You don't got to swing the battle axe you just got to stand firm in the confidence and the victory that God has won for you on the cross and through the empty tomb. You can stand up. You don't have to get knocked down in defeat. When you fall and fail, get right back up. Victory is yours. Just stand and resist. 
Don't be blown away by the lies he pitches at you. Don't be cut down by the attacks he throws at you. Know this, you got this jersey on and you're getting attacked because your life has meaning and purpose. And nothing scares the enemy more than somebody who is on fire with meaning and purpose and loving God and loving others. They could conquer the world. So just stand firm. Let God fight the battle for you. Stand in confidence. Tell God that you're dependent on him. Ask him to move on your behalf and then stand. Confident. Confident. Knowing that your story, it ends in victory. And this is just a season. He ends with absolutely two of the biggest things we got to get. Two huge reminders for us. He says this at the end. You should circle this, right? Like the end of verse 9 and 10. He says, know this. The family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. What, what Peter was saying is, you're not alone. Whatever season you're in, whatever burden you're carrying, you're not alone. If it feels like you're alone, if you don't see anybody around, if it, if it feels like there's nobody to help you, to encourage you, know that you are never alone. You're not alone. There are others who care, who will encourage, who are walking through the same thing. You're not alone. So important to know whatever season you are in that you're not alone. And then verse 10, circle it, highlight it, put it, paint, I don't know, airbrush it on your car. Like, and the God of all grace who called you will himself restore you. It's the God of all grace. And maybe this is the only word you need to hear. There is grace for every season. Look for it. God is providing you with grace to help you through what you're walking through in the season. Paul said, I have this thorn that was sent to me, right? Like I prayed for God to take it away. I didn't want this season. It was like, it was like season one of the office. It wasn't even getting good yet. Like I don't want this season. Let's just move on to the next season. Take it away. But God had a message for him. My grace is sufficient for you. It's made perfect in your weakness. And Paul said, I embrace my weakness because his grace is enough. God has grace for you no matter what season you're in. His grace is for you because he loves you and he likes you. He favors you. And so if you're in a season of loneliness, there's a grace for that season. If you're in a season of fullness, he's providing you a grace for that season. His grace will sustain you. Lean into the God who loves you and likes you. You may walk through the fire, but you're not going to get burned. You may have to walk through a river, but you're not going to drown. Like God's grace will show up and show its strength in the middle of your weakness. Whatever season you're going through, whatever season, whatever season looks like, Learn how to bear up under it and live well. And know you're not alone. And God's grace is with you every step of the way. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your grace, 
for your love. We need it, whatever the season, if it's a season of frustration or brokenness or bad relationships, whatever the season, whatever season we're in, Father, would you help us to look for the small graces you show in our life to help us through and maybe one of those graces is this. It's this moment together. It's us in this together reminding us you're, we're not alone and it's just a season. Help us to walk through it well. Help us to rest in the grace you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.